Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back, Queens. We have Shay Haddo on today. Shay is an expert coach and speaker on confidence and mindset for female athletes. Having worked with hundreds of youth female athletes and college teams from across the country, she's empowered girl athletes to build unshakable confidence so they can live and play to their fullest potential. As the host of the Alpha Girl Confidence podcast and author of She the Confident, she is widely regarded for her insights on confidence and mindset by parents and coaches around the country. After overcoming her own struggles with confidence throughout her club and collegiate soccer career, she knew that was her life's purpose to provide female athletes with the mentorship that she wished she had when she was younger. She has dedicated her life to empowering female athletes of all ages to uncover their greatest superpower of all, allowing them to break free from their limitations and achieve their biggest dreams on and off the field or court. Welcome to the podcast, Shay. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, us too. I love to hear more about your journey to this current passion, instilling confidence in the female athlete. Tell us a little bit about your like sport career journey and why you're working in this field right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up playing soccer and basketball, was very athletic, very talented, but when I was 12 years old, I tore my ACL. So I had a very, very traumatic injury at quite an early age. And throughout that injury, obviously it was very physically difficult, but more so it was, you know, mentally and emotionally difficult. And I had struggled with anxiety my whole life and it just kind of amplified that. And then nine months later, when I got back on the field, I was terrified. I was terrified of getting injured. I was terrified of making mistakes. I was terrified of, you know, what are people going to think of me? And so it was really just this battle with with self-doubt and low confidence and anxiety, really from the ages of, you know, 13 to then 15, I got to the point where I was just, I stopped loving the sport. I like was so struggling with my confidence that I stopped having fun. And so I almost quit. Even though I had had the dream of playing college soccer, I almost quit playing just because I wasn't confident and, and there was I couldn't handle the pressures of, you know, my parents and coaches and, you know, getting recruited and all that kind of stuff. But luckily I didn't quit. I stuck with it. I ended up getting recruited to play for Division One school. But then my confidence issues, you know, kind of followed me throughout college too. And, you know, I kind of had a wake up call my junior year where I rode the bench. I got injured again. So I lost my starting spot. I was a horrible teammate. I'll be honest. (laughs) And it it was just like a really tough year for me. And so after my junior year, I just remember thinking like, all right, Shay, like you got one year left. Like this is, this is the, the, the end of your career. Like you got one year left and it's time for you to start like changing, 
changing your mindset because you have control over it. You know, we, we had a sports psychologist on, on staff and I was in some sports psychology classes. And so I really started learning about sports psychology and started learning about, you know, mindset and how we can actually become more confident and, and really the importance of the mental side of the game. And so I started implementing that kind of stuff. And then senior year was a complete 180 from junior year. Like I started having more fun. I was more confident. I became team captain. I was actually a good teammate. I was a great leader. That's really what kind of my journey and how it led me to where I am now is because I don't want girls to have to go their whole youth career and youth experience feeling the way I felt. And I know how important it is to have mentors and people on your side. So that's why I do what I do to really help girls kind of navigate all of the hard things that, you know, teenage female athletes have to go through. And I think, again, like you were saying, an injury at 12, which is so young. And again, we know a little bit more information now about injury and mental health and anxiety. But trying to figure that out as a 12-year-old athlete is is just so much with no, like, what? right when your love of that sport is really starting to grow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's hard because, like, I didn't have anyone that I could relate to or that had been through it. So it was like I, I felt a lot like I was alone in that situation, which is definitely tough for anybody. Mm-hmm. So we we hear injuries. What else do you feel like our female athletes are up against that may impact their confidence and therefore their their success in a sport that they love? Gosh, I mean, what what are they not up against? <laughs> right? I mean, good question. Yeah, so obviously we talked about injuries, you know, one of the big things that which I'm so glad that that I didn't have access to this and I'm sure you guys are too when we when we played is social media. Mm-hmm. And just like the comparison that goes on with social media and how it affects, you know, your mental health and your self-esteem. And so I think that's a really big one because one of the biggest obstacles that I see girls faced with is their need to always be liked and their need for approval and and their fear of what other people are, are going to think of them. And so I think that's one of the biggest things is, is just like their fear of, of what are other people going to think of me. And that really tends to, you know, freeze, freeze girls up on the field. They're terrified to make mistakes primarily because of that fear. And then another big thing I see too is like, I know there's a lot of amazing coaches out there, but I've also heard a lot of horror stories about how coaches totally destroyed a player's confidence. So those are kind of a few things that are, you know, top of mind as to what I see our female athletes are facing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not alone in that because we had an interview earlier and that was the main thing was kind of talking about coaches influence on mm-hmm. collegiate female athletes. When so. it comes to like yeah. image right. performance. Yeah, comments that are made. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking of us as athletes growing yeah. up. We didn't have social media. We definitely didn't have Strava that <laughs> comparing what <laughs> or like I'm not yeah. competing against an Olympian that's on Strava, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, Shay, I'm really curious of your your take on again as as athletes, and now we're parents to little people. What sort of your take, especially in the soccer world, of starting yeah. young female athletes at such a much younger age than when we were possibly as kids? And what are you noticing in terms of, you know, burnout or confidence or for the love of the sport, especially yeah. in young girls? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel like, yeah, it is starting super early, and that can be okay, but it also can, can be to the detriment of the athlete. And I think it really comes down to 
parents putting too much pressure on their kids. Mm-hmm. Like we, like in my programs, we, we have, you know, obviously I work with the girls, but then we also have a parent call every single month. And we, that was like the main topic of our call was, you know, how can you, yes, I know you want the best for your kids, but how can you do it in a way where you're not putting pressure on them? Yeah. Because the last, the last thing a kid wants is to disappoint their parents. Like, because when they feel like they disappoint their parents, they feel like, oh, am I going to still be loved by my parents? Mm-hmm. And like, that's, you know, kind of a deep rooted thing. And so I think if, if parents can just take a step back and let their kid play their sport for them, then that can be huge because so many girls feel like I have to play this sport. You know, as they get older, it's like, you know, I have to play the sport to make my parents happy or to get the love or approval of my parents. And it just creates a lot of pressure and it honestly strings the relationship a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I've been there with my dad, like we, you know, that could be a whole, <laughs> a whole other thing. But sure. I think just like the pressure that kids go through at such a young age, like, you know, especially with soccer, there's so many different high level leagues and the parents are so stressed out about how is my kid going to get noticed and how are they going to get seen? I'm like, just let them play. Right. Like worry about getting recruited when they're like in high school, but like, just let them play. If they win, if they lose, it really doesn't matter. Just like if the sole focus should be, is my kid having fun and are they learning? And that's it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like, and that's kind of youth culture in general with coaches as well. But I see that as like a big thing that affects kids' confidence and just their enjoyment. Yeah, one of the things I've had to learn is I've tra- I'm this is my first time ever not coaching and just being yeah. a mom and not so coaching your daughter. Yeah, and so it was hard because I'd always be like, okay, remember in this game, I need you to hustle and get to the board and you know and then finally she ends up sharing with a friend of mine. She's like, I always feel like I disappoint my mom if I can't do the things that she asked me to and like I I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. So now every game I simply say you play your best when you're having fun, and I just want to go see you have fun. And that seems to have clicked, and she's a lot more calmer. And I love afterwards, that. it's fun in the car just to, like, what did you have most fun, you know, during this game? So you're exactly right. I think sometimes as parents don't realize that we're putting that pressure on, and we need to hear yeah. that from either somebody else or the kid themselves. So I appreciate you you saying that. Well, I think that's such a good – what I say yeah. versus what they're hearing uh-huh. and taking <clears throat> in as, like, pressure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Those little little lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing is parents, uh, just one more kind of topic or Mm -hmm. point on that is, you know, parents, their intentions are never bad. Like in a lot of time, like you said, they're not, they're not always aware that they're putting pressure on their kids. So number one, it's self-awareness, but also like just having the conversation with your, with your son or your daughter and asking like, you know, am I putting too much pressure on you? Like, how can I best support you? Like, that's a really, I think, powerful question is just asking your kid, how can I best support you? Because maybe they need you to back off. Maybe they're okay with you, you know, trying to motivate them and stuff like that. But really just having a conversation can like solve a lot of those issues. Talk to my kid. Somebody needs to write a book on like car time confessions because I swear like the best conversations, not only with your kid, but just anybody come in the the car. So Yeah, totally. (laughs) So along with that, give us a few of your top tips to help with confidence uh, for our young female athletes that are listening out there. Or old. Or old old female athletes. We need help too of our confidence. That's a whole nother topic too. Yeah, I mean this is this is for anybody, right? Like it's still stuff that that I work on and I'm not an athlete anymore or whatever, but 
I would say the the first thing, and it's kind of like the foundation. Like if you don't have this down, then nothing else is really going to stick. And that's just to be more self-aware and specifically like start bringing some awareness to the thoughts that are going on in your head. Like we all have, you know, they say, and I'm sure there's a million different studies, but like 70,000 thoughts every single day. So I asked my girls, like, well, what's it like being in your own head? Is it, is it nice or is it not nice? Like, what's the environment like? And so a lot of the times we just were so used to the negativity that goes on in our heads that we don't take the time to like, oh, like that actually is not very nice. Maybe I shouldn't talk to myself that way. Right. And so it's really first just bringing awareness to your thoughts and noticing when you're when you're not talking to yourself the way that you should. And then really starting to, you know, talk to yourself like how you would talk to a good friend. Like, would you tell your friend that, that she's not good enough? No, absolutely not. Would you tell your friend that she's, you know, that her uh, that she's not fast enough to be on the team? No, you wouldn't. So it's like first being aware of the thoughts, and then second, like, you know, actually being nice to yourself doesn't mean lying to yourself, but like, you know, changing those those negative thoughts and redirecting them into something that actually empowers you. And then one specific to, you know, like performance and games and practices and stuff. Is like we spend so much time focusing on the physical, like warming up, you know, doing speed training, strength training, all that, which is very important. Like how much time do we actually focus on the mental side of it, right? So before games, the thing that changed the most for me, which I didn't tell in my story, is that I started visualizing before playing. I started actually prioritizing mental preparation along with physical preparation, and that was the thing for me that made the biggest difference early on was just taking the time to like think about what I wanted to happen, visualizing what I wanted to happen. And instead of thinking about, oh no, what if I make a mistake? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I get laughed at? All of that is like, can we turn that into a positive what if? So what if I score a goal? What if I make a great sale? What if I have a ton of fun? What if I am the most confident player in the field? And just kind of like writing down those things, thinking about those things and visualizing those things can be really, really, you know, useful and something that like someone could listening, they could like actually go do that this weekend and see a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we like to think of the negative stuff and just thinking like, you know what, maybe what if everything just turned out fine? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) We don't think about that outcome. Well, I heard it put really well, like every possession, somebody makes a mistake. So it's not like you're yes, going to get through. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're going to get through a game or a race or without a mistake. It's how can you overcome that? There would be so. no points on the board. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like there's, you're going to make mistakes more than you don't make mistakes, depending <laughs> on the sport. You know. So it's like just flow with them and learn from them and use them to your advantage. So yeah, absolutely. Shay, I'm really curious of what the experience has been for you from like athlete to coach. I mean, again, when we talk uh-huh. about young female athletes. And really, the shortage of female coaches coaching female athletes is such a big deal. How has this experience been for you on the other end of it? Yeah, so you know what? I was so incredibly blessed to when i was when I was playing, I had a ton of female coaches, which even you know back you know fifteen years ago or however long that was I don't know. but like so club soccer, when I was twelve years old, I had a, a female coach. And then I had a male coach and then another female coach in club. And then all throughout college, both of my college teams, 
were female coaches. Nice. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever talked to someone that has had that many female coaches. Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's a ton. So like from 12 to college, I literally only had one male head coach, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And those coaches were awesome. But like, I think that's probably part of why I'm so focused on the female athlete is because I've been so positively impacted by my female coaches that I'm like, I want to be that for, for girls now. But yeah. So as far as like, you know, female coaches, coaching females, like I've coached males too. Mm -hmm. And it was, it wasn't, uh, it was so, it was so different. Like I just, it's so different. Like I felt like I could, I could be way harder on the boys, but you know what? I didn't like that. Like I felt like I had to almost be someone who I wasn't with the boys. I feel like I had to put on this fake, like ex, like hard exterior with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the girls, like I felt way more like myself because I'm pretty laid back. I'm all about having fun, all about learning. So I felt like more at home with the girls. But yeah, I just think that females coaching females, it doesn't need to happen for, for like a positive experience. Obviously, there's a lot of amazing male coaches. But like females can relate to females so much better than males can, Mm -hmm. right? And so I I think it's important for more women to get into coaching because the girls need mentors to look up to. They need a coach to look up to. They need role models to look up to and say like, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. And someone to just like be there and like know that, you know, she's been through the same thing because that's really powerful just knowing that like your mentor, your coach knows exactly how you feel and knows where you've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with seeing a athlete in a leadership mentor role mm-hmm. is pretty important. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think the tides might be slowly changing because this past weekend my daughter had a tournament, basketball tournament, and I remember at one point looking around going, right now it's all women coaches. Like wow. that, well, I think wow. there was one male assistant, but all of the head coaches wow. were women, and I was like, Nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Shay, you have a important book that tackles this exact issue, She the Confident, the Mindset Advantage for Female Athletes. Can you tell us a little more about this book and who needs to read it? Yeah. So it's it's honestly like if I get kind of walk you through the process of it. When I when I first started writing it and when I first published it, I was thinking like, you know what, this this book will probably sell, you know, decently. A couple people will buy it, but I'm pretty sure eventually people are going to stop buying it. Well, I could tell you that has not happened. So it's, it's been really, it's been so cool. Yeah, it's been so cool to just see how many people are being impacted by the book. And I, and I'll tell you what's in it, but like a cool experience I just had last night, actually. One of the girls that's in my program, she was featured in this really cool, you know, athlete episode, like really highly produced, like awesome episode. And at the end of it, she was talking about how she was holding my book and talking about how the book has like changed her life and read, read a part of the book. And I seriously started crying Mm -hmm. and I do not cry very often, (laughs) but, but I can say that, that seeing girls with a book, I've, I've never been so emotional about something and never felt so just so much love, honestly, from seeing these girls read the book and seeing the impact that it's made in their life. And so the book means a lot to me in, in, in that regard. 
but yeah, so w- what what's in the book really? It's like kind of the foundation of it's the mindset part. So getting into the mindset, the fear of failure, like all of those kind of, you know, beliefs and limiting beliefs, you know, things that we all struggle with. And then it goes into really like strategic, like, okay, here are, you know, five or six strategies to actually help you become more confident on and off the field. And then it goes into more of like, um, you know, habits, goal setting, leadership, that kind of thing. And it's very um, like action-based. So at the end of each chapter, there's like action steps so that you read the chapter and then you actually implement it, learn it, go do it so that you can actually see the results. And I would say it's for, honestly, I've had seven-year-olds read it and I've had college teams buy it. I even like have adults read it. Like my, obviously my brother, like he reads it and he's like, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I love my brother. But um, yeah, like I've, I've had high school teams buy it. I've had college teams, a couple of college teams. But it really is for any female athlete. Like I don't care what sport you play. Every single sport that I know of has read it. So it's really for any female athlete, whether you're 10 years old or whether you're a college female athlete, I think it can help you. And that's really the point, right, is when you're getting feedback from athletes themselves that are are saying how much they love it. That has to be like, well, that was the whole point reading the book. So I'm, I'm sure that's a really big moment. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I just wrote it and I was like, you know, what? if I can just help one girl that I'm going to write the book. And so I did. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just shared my experiences and you know what, if I, and I'm sure I'll write another book and if, and when I do, it's going to, it's going to have be so, have so much more content in it just because I've grown so much since writing it. And there's times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have said this or I shouldn't have said this, but I know that like we grow and we evolve. And if the book was perfect how it is, then it means I didn't grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can't write a second one. You need, yeah, yeah you need some <laughs> more Additions. content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have the podcast and the book. What other things do you have going on out there? Yeah. You know, what's really cool is we, me and my team just started this, it's called the Confidence Club. And it's a sticker subscription where every single month we send girls like these really cool, cool, like, confidence stickers with cool things and quotes. And then I also, we have a QR code that has a confidence training on it. So we just started that. We actually just shipped out the the first package. Um, So that's another really cool thing that's, you know, very accessible to just about everyone where they can kind of get these really cool, like hits of confidence and affirmation and motivation. So that's another cool thing that I would implore people to check out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Super cool. Yeah. Well, Shay, we, we love to end every uh, interview asking our interviewees how they live out our fit philosophy. How do you balance um, fitness, health, intellect, and taking time for self? Performance. performance. Oh. I forgot the P. That doesn't stand for fitness. I gotcha. okay. You had that look on your face like, like oh. that doesn't sound right. Performance. Sorry. It's been You're a like, while ah. since we've been in the studio. COVID. <laughs> I got you. I I always I always mix up my words so it's all good. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You, you know what? For for me, it's about like saying no to more things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used to be like the queen of like grinding and like hard work. But then like my health went down, my anxiety went up, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I wasn't able to show up fully for myself or for my clients. And so this year has been a really big shift for me and how I'm living out the fit philosophy is saying no to more things and doing the things that really excite me, 
the things that align with me, the things that really light me up. And since I've been doing that, it's like, number one, I have way more time for myself to meditate. Like meditation is one of my Mm non-negotiables. So meditation, working out, like, you know, obviously being physically active is huge. But those are kind of the the two big staples that I really use in, in my routines and stuff. But that's the thing is, it's just like, I, I've moved more from being a, a pure achiever to just being more of a human being <laughs> and just like enjoying life more and enjoying the process more and not feeling like I always have to achieve to like feel good about myself, but to just know that like when I take care of myself first, then that's when I can make the biggest impact in the world. And that's when I can show up as my best self for my family, my friends, myself, and my clients. Mm-hmm. That's yep. great. That I think oxygen mask on the plane. Once you start saying yeah, that, it's like an addiction. And then you're like, this feels good. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. two-year-old It's does. so hard no, at first, no, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> but a great thing to, like, again, like, show young athletes, too, is that we don't have to over-function for our worth, no, which is no. a huge, I think, an aspect of athletics and being female too so again such important things for women to be learning i'm gonna have to check out that confidence club yeah I'm get that you want some stickers yeah, yeah. And i might steal her oh, stickers yeah <laughs> maddie would it's love super that. cool <laughs> i can i'll uh if i was gonna say if i was seeing you guys right now i could i have them on my desk but they're they're pretty cool yeah i i didn't create them because i am not creative <laughs> my like content my content manager She's the one who created it all of it. And she was like, let's do this. I was like, heck yeah, that's awesome. So it's all her. I'm just the one that talks about it and, and does all the, the boring back end stuff. We can't do it all and be it all, that's right? That's right. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> well, definitely, guys, take a look at Shay's book and then check out her podcast. It's great. And Shay, thanks so much for being on with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was an awesome conversation. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh-huh. You Same bet. as you. We'll talk to you later. Bye, queens. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.